You're listening to The C-Dub Show. Visit us on the Say Something Nice podcast network at ssnpodcast.com. Follow us at The C-Dub Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Acast. And now, on to our show. It is another day, another dollar, or no dollars, at the C-Dub Show. I am your lovely, lovely host, C-Dub. We are recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) It is February the 4th. By the time that you hear this, it should be February the 7th, I think, maybe the 8th. It kind of depends on whether or not my students drive me crazy and I don't get it up in time. But I do have my fabulous friends on the line. Courtney and Caleb, can you say hello to the people? Hey, people. Caleb, you're not going to say hello today? He he dished us. Hello. 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 And we are happy to have our friend B. Willis back in the building. Yay! <laughs> B. Willis, say hello to the people, please. Reception. Hey, people. We missed you. I missed y'all. Even though technically the, the view, the listeners probably didn't really miss you because you missed an, an unpublished episode of Grammy Reactions that we tried to do and it didn't work out. So they don't really know. Wow, what happened? <laughs> It was just terrible. We're going to get into that when we get into the the Grammy recap. Um, because it was, okay. we, we tried, y'all. We really, me and Courtney and Caleb, we tried to put together a nice show for y'all, and it didn't work out. So, like I said, it is Sunday, February the 4th. As I have mentioned in the last four episodes of the C-Dub show, my birthday is coming. So, my birthday is next Saturday. By the time that you hear this, I will be in pre-turn. Actually, I'm already in pre-turn up mode, clearly. Um, so, yeah, everything that you will be hearing today, except for the first two items, are about things that I love. I'm not going to call them C-Dub's favorite things because Oprah has already laid a permanent claim to that title, but it kind of is. What? You know, oh, I mean... You're, you're, an, you're an Aquarius, huh? I am an Aquarius. Why would you say that, B. Willis? I'm just, I, I've had an, an experience with an Aquarius. And what does and, that mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It was just like, it was a, a bad experience. Why do people keep <laughs> telling me that? Was it a man person? Huh? Was it a no, man person? No, it was a woman. Why do people keep telling me this about, about Aquarius? May I ask? 
over live air what this person did or should we talk about that offline <laughs> uh what did this person I, she was just she was just very extra like towards the end of our uh i don't know what you want to call that but yeah it was it was a lot <laughs> you know i i will admit that when it comes to being towards the end i can be a bit extra and if any of my former blues are listening to this, you shut the hell and up, you know former blues. And you know what? And you know what y'all do what when y'all do? cut people off? Like it's just, it's just cut, cutting. That's it. No, like, I would like no to way. add a caveat to that. I'm, I want to add. This is what I want to <laughs> add to that because I always have, I always have to. You know, people want to say that Aquarius did something to them and that they just cut you off. Uh, I, I, and other Aquariuses like myself, we really try. Like, I give you every single opportunity. I talk and I talk and I talk and I try and fix and I try and fix and I try and fix. And when the day finally comes that I'm just like, I can't fix nothing, fuck this shit, then yeah, that's it. When I say I'm done, I'm done. I stop. You you must be one of them mature, mature Aquarius then because this was different. No, I'm not a mature. I let me add another caveat, an additional. If this was an outline, there would be the A section, and then the, then the one, and then a the little bit of A. <laughs> I'm not necessarily the mature Aquarius because that whole timeline with me trying goes on way longer than it should, and <laughs> it goes on way too long, and it is a bit extra. And when I get sick of the extra, then I'm done, like really done. Mm-hmm. I apologize on behalf of your extra Aquarius friend. She didn't mean no harm. I was involved with an Aquarius as a teenager. It was like my first real boyfriend. We dated for quite some time and he was extra. It was a very drawn out breakup and he was very extra in his behavior after Mm. the breakup. Child, listen, I just... I will not. He tried to. He tried to dip back in. Actually, not too long ago. Um. Yeah. It was during the, the, the Mercury and Reishi raid. It just. He was. He's just kind of a cornball. Like later. Like as I reflect on my youth. <laughs> Listen, I will not. On this C Dub pre birthday turn up, let y'all just sit here and bash Aquarius. How did this become? The, how did this become the pre birthday turn up? I thought the pre birthday turn it wasn't happening until. No 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 no. What I on you, Willis. Say that again. On you. Oh, child. I didn't switch it up. You know, this is what I say. This I have the best birthday month. My birthday month is Black History Month. And now it's Black Panther month and it's Valentine's Day and it's my birthday. This is the best the best month of the year is right now. And the turn up starts on January the 31st because January was so long. January was like six years. Jesus, January is a long month. January was so long. I feel like we blinked and January is gone. Really? February is only six and a half days. If, I, I feel I feel both actually. That that it, it was long but it was short. Yeah. You know, I feel like it was the longest ever. And even just when I thought it was over, which was on last Sunday, I said, Oh no, we got three more days left. So well, all I right. Really want to January. I, I like January. 
It's no, I love January. It's just that number one is the work month for my birthday. Like, hurry up and be done. And number two, you know, it was just long. So let's I get feel that about May. Like May, I used to feel like that, but now May is it has Mother's Day. So well, that's because May is the month before school is over. May definitely feels like the longest month ever. And this is only my first year teaching, and I'm like, I'm not looking forward to May because May is going to push me Yeah, my first full year, I didn't start until, well, I mean, I've taught before as a long-term sub, but I started full-time teaching actually last January. So, yeah, this is my first full year. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell, don't don't it just sound when you read my post like I just don't know what the hell I'm doing? I don't, I don't know, I just. I'm just there to discipline I mean, the kids. It does, but I ain't want to say nothing. You know what? <laughs> I, I don't have to take this from y'all. Okay, let's get some uh, meme check-ins. B. Willis, what was your favorite meme that you saw, or viral video that you saw over the last couple of weeks? Child, you know, I don't get as much now because I'm mainly just using Twitter. But I did see this video today of, these, uh, of this baby. It was a twin baby. And the aunt was like holding him, and um, like a, his twin baby brother, I guess, screamed off camera, and the baby on camera turned around and screamed back, like they were talking to each other. It was the thing. <laughs> twins be twins be knowing, and twins do talk. Yeah. Uh, Courtney, what was your favorite meme of the last few weeks? Um, my I didn't have a meme, but that video of the <laughs> hobby horse tournament was. Just... <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh my fucking god, Brittany, this shit. White so... women. Who think of that uh, kind of stuff? So you know, so you know, like the when the horse, the stuffed horse head is on the stick, and you can just yeah. gallop around the house with it. Mm-hmm. So there's something called a hobby horse. Teams. Yep, I know you talking about seeing that video. <laughs> yeah, like what? What? And they like, have it really I'm... set up like an equestrian tournament, which is like y'all really like went somewhere and like set this up. And because white people have like too much time on their hands. <laughs> but then also, I'm like, why aren't they just running track? Because they're running very fast and they're jumping over the poles. I'm like, y'all, if. Y'all can participate in a real sport and probably be successful in it. Why are you holding on to a fake person <laughs> with a stick between your legs, running around in like the clothes that you wore at school all day? Like, wait, did you, you see the girls that were standing, like the team standing off to the side, and they really just like stand there with they own they have yours? Yeah. But did you see in the background? It was like a full house. There were yes. tons of people. In those bleachers that had came to watch this event. And I'm just like, I don't know what level, like that's like next level parent dedication because if Caleb comes home <laughs> like 10 years from now to tell me he's joined the hobby horse team and they have a tournament this Saturday and y'all want me to sit in those bleachers and not be screaming, crying, laughing at the re- sheer ridiculousness of it. I, yeah, at the Red House. Did he, I was like, did he just say at the Red House? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. You gonna say 
Wait, the thing that kills me about it is that, now I'm not certain, but I think that somebody said this was in Arizona. Later on, when we get into some more birthday shenanigans, you'll figure out why I'm like, you know what, Arizona? I can't with y'all. But, yeah, I think that that was in Arizona, and we just need to pray for the entire state of Arizona. I know, Courtney, that your parents live in Arizona, and we're going to pray. They're They're actually moving back in April. Okay, good. I'm, my prayers have been answered then. I ain't even got to pray no more. My prayer is answered. Also, my mother sent me, she was in Dillard's yesterday. And <laughs> she sent Go me ahead, a picture. Like, Ivanka Trump has, like, her clothes there. And they're, like, you know, in a little section and has, like, her logo and stuff. My mom sends me a, a photo of it. And she's like, I'm no longer supporting Dillard's. This bitch's bowl got her shit all up in here. I'm like, you live in a red state. What are you talking about? They voted for him. Like, oh my goodness. Well, like, I, you can't live in a red state and be mad, like, that they're supporting the president's daughter. Like, yeah, they still fuck with her. You don't. That's fine. Well, that's what, like, when my mom and my sister send me, send me stuff, but they don't really get angry about it because, you know, Louisiana, Texas have been a red state so long. You like, is, is there even really a question? But, you know. Well, my favorite memes were really there was a bunch of memes and it was all the memes of Blue Ivy and the Carters <laughs> at the Grammys. Like every single one was like my favorite meme, like so far of 2018. So you had the one that says, got Blue looking pissed and she say, you mean I stayed up late and my daddy didn't even win? Right. That part right there. <laughs> Pull you, Blue. And then the one where, wait, this one I just saw yesterday. It says, when the pastor starts preaching about disobedient children, and your mama look at you like, and it got Beyonce with that, that Easter hat she had on, looking at Blue <laughs> Ivy like, yeah, get your life right. <laughs> and then the picture of Beyonce holding Blue Ivy's juice box while she sat there eating fruit snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I understand because it looks like she had that was grape juice and she had on a white suit and yes. knowing kids <laughs> like every time I give Caleb a juice box the first thing he does is squeeze the shit out of it and it just it gets everywhere and so I understand why she was holding it because it's like you're gonna fuck around and drop this on this white suit and I'm going to have an attitude. So I'm just going to hold it. And I'm going to give it to you to drink for a few seconds. And then it's going to come back to, to, to me. Because you're going to fuck around and spill it on yourself. So but I the understand. bad part is that she holding the juice box. Blue Ivy eating the fruit snacks. Why Jay-Z eating fruit snacks too? That's just like a daddy. <laughs> you eat your kids' snacks. Like... Caleb yeah, that's, just, that's a daddy type shit. Yeah, like, I'm not going to discipline you. As a matter of fact, give me some of these fruit snacks while your mama take care of it. They, they was looking like such a black family. Because as much as I love Beyonce's whole outfit and that hat, I love that hat. But when you put it in that black family context, yeah, you sitting up in the front of the church with your Easter hat on. And, yeah, they were all funny to me. So, speaking of the Grammys. So, yes, the Grammys did occur... <laughs> Let's, you know, let's talk about this traumatic event. The Grammys did occur last Sunday. They aired on the most boring network in the world, CBS. Is CBS really the most boring? Wait, what? What are all these books? Uh-uh. And see, that was really, I want everybody to know. So let me explain what happened and, and why it's okay for Courtney to be back there fussing in the background. So the Grammys occurred last Sunday. <laughs> 
and we are gonna go through just a re- real short list of our likes and didn't likes and the winners. And we tried to record a live reaction episode. We thought it would be cute, but the Grammys was so fucking boring. I mean, the Grammys was always when we was growing up. Okay, you watched the American Music Awards, then finally Soul Train got them some awards, and those were the two that you loved. You didn't really watch the Grammys because they were so long, but at the same time, every, occasionally people you like was on there. Michael Jackson would be on there. Or Whitney Houston would be on there. And now it would be exciting. But they have gotten even more boring than they used to be. Like, they've just gotten extraordinarily boring. So our our live episode didn't go as it should because there were so many pauses and gaps. And then Caleb got a little bit angsty and he got in trouble a couple of times. And I told Courtney, <laughs> I, told Courtney I said, I don't think I can put this out. <laughs> I, said, I don't think that I can put this into the world. I have recently learned how to turn down certain things when I edit, so I could edit it out, but then people might be confused about what happened right there. So um, there's definitely a portion in the Grammy episode where you might hear Caleb getting smacked. Because... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I said, "Wait a minute! Wait!" I said, "Wait a minute!" He pulled. He pulled. <laughs> My he he has a bad habit of pulling on my scarf, so he had pulled on my scarf and it pulled on my hair, and then I, I had popped his leg, and it was quite um it echoed, so I don't know if oh yeah he, I heard it. <laughs> if I heard it in my headphones that means it was on the recording that and that was the moment I said I don't think that we can publish this episode, but we <laughs> you know if I have a little bit of time during during President's Week I might edit together a. a an outtakes episode but so let me get into some highlights first of all b willis did you actually did you actually weather the storm through the grammys b willis um i did not i think i tuned in for the last 90 minutes and that's only because i thought beyonce was going to perform (laughs) (laughs) beyonce didn't uh, have an album last year but her husband did, and you know they two peas in the pod. So right. I seen something on Twitter. I was like, damn, let me turn these boring-ass Grammys, because <laughs> I don't watch the Grammys. And I knew it was just not going to be whatever. So I turned it on, and I don't remember what I caught. I think, and I really wasn't paying attention, to be honest with you. I was planning and doing some other shit. But what did I see of the Grammys? I guess... I saw a couple of people wanting to thinking they had some good clapbacks at Trump. Right. And then I saw, I think I saw the last three awards, you know, where Bruno Mars won basically all of them. And uh, did I see any performances? I saw a scissor looking a mess on stage, but that's my right. girl, so I love her. And yeah. I, I don't, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't really see that much. It wasn't nothing to talk about besides Beyonce and them being a black family, but that's about it. What was your favorite performance of the Grammys, Courtney? I know we watched together, but we was on a tape delay. That was the other problem. We was on a tape delay, so we couldn't really enjoy it at the same time. Oh, yeah, because West Coast, huh? Well, no, because she was watching from the TV, and I was watching from the app. And it was like it was like a major tape delay. She would be, like, clapping, like, woo! And I'd be like, wait, what happened? So, <laughs> so what was your favorite, Courtney? Um, I only tuned in to watch Cardi, so after Oh, that, did she perform she by herself or with Bruno? She performed with Bruno. I want. I wish she could have performed by herself. By herself. I would have tried to see that. 
I would have actually tried to see that too. I keep t- I've been telling people all week. I wish that somebody would just go like we was in a Black Mirror episode into Cardi's life and just eliminate love and hip hop altogether because they don't deserve her. They don't deserve the shine that she was giving them, and it makes me angry. But they've hit on the. Is she giving them shine? I well, I mean, know. right now you got you got Cardi being on the Grammys and stuff and making you know all these kind of statements she make or what have you, and you got Amara's you know spurring conversations about anti-blackness towards Afro-Latinos and it's, they're all great oh. conversations and I just really hate that they're coming out of love and hip-hop. Love and hip-hop does not deserve it. They don't deserve them. <laughs> don't so. you, Courtney, you watch love and hip-hop, don't you? I love love and hip-hop because secretly I am ratchet. Well, not, it's secretly. Secretly. Just, <laughs> I would like to say, I, I'm going to give it a caveat, I do watch love and hip-hop, they just still don't deserve Amara and Cardi B. There's two different things. Well, yeah, um, I I fucks with loving hip hop because um, I, I I fucks with drama. I I earlier this week how like I fucks with messiness. Tell me all your messy ass stories. I love them because you know some people be, eh, I don't like drama. I love the drama. Give me all the drama in your life. Tell me about every dramatic situation you've ever had since the day you were born. I'm here for it because um. When you're living a Christ-like life like I am. Um, Did you go to church today? Really? Did you go to church today? Oh, Lord. Did I go to church with today? Yes. I prayed for y'all with me. I met with the Lord. You know what? That's, I mean, that's great. And I, I, I approve because I'm a backslider and I ain't been to church, so we can backslide together. Go ahead. Finish your statement. Um, and so, um, yeah, when you're when you're walking with Jesus like I am, you you have very few opportunities. Courtney, please shut up. You have very few opportunities to just like hear some messy ass, good ass, juicy stories. So that's why I watch messy ass, juicy. Ridiculous. When you're walking with Jesus like I am, can I just can I just put a side note in there? Like I am. Can when I you're put a- and walking in the light like I am? Wait, be willing. We do have to give her respect because if for you to get raptured up and then come back, that means the Lord got a plan and He gave you the power. Uh, uh-uh, but this bitch was just in our group chat talking about how she getting reversionized every week. What? I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Wait, I need to put a side note. I need to put a side note to the listeners. So. So Pat Robertson from uh the twenty the the seven hundred club had a, a heart attack or a stroke one or two the other day, and oh, did he die? He didn't die. And you know that the funny Aww. part about it is I thought only you know black folks and queer folks would be sad he didn't die, but apparently the the white evangelicals are sick of his ass too. And so one of them was <laughs> one of them said one of them said one of them said he oh do a lot to me. <laughs> one said oh he was almost raptured, and I immediately thought of Courtney. Just Courtney came came right on back. We blessed to have you here amongst us. I know you are. You know. <laughs> anyway, back wow. into the Grammys. So my favorite performance of the Grammy night was actually at the very beginning. Of course, um, it was Kendrick Lamar's very poignant performance featuring you two and Dave Chappelle. I didn't really get the point of Dave Chappelle being there, but at the same time, just give me a minute and I'm gonna play a little bit of it. Hold on, one moment. Here we go, right here. Good to you. America, please take my hand. 
Yesterday I got a car like from my dog like 101. Said they killed his only son because it's sufficient fun. He was sobbing, he was mobbing, way belligerent and drunk. Talking out his philosophy, know what the Lord had done. He said, Kid, can you pray for me? Been a messed up day for me. Know that you anointed, show me how to overcome. He was looking for some closure. I can bring him closer. Spiritual, my spirit do no better. But I told him I can sugarcoat the answer for you. This is how I feel. If somebody killed my son, that means somebody getting killed. Tell me what you do for love. Loyalty and passion up. All the memories collected, moments you can never touch. I waited from the homies, but I'm watching hit his block. I catch the homie, leave his service in the cell I got. I chip the homie, and then throw the glory in his lap. Or myself to the court, like, man, I did that. Ain't no black now when your baby killed my coward. I can't even keep the peace. Don't you play with one of ours and be burning in the streets. Ain't me bodies in the hour. Get a rope on the streets. Paramedics on the down. Let somebody touch my mom and touch my sister, touch my woman, touch my daddy, touch my niece, touch my nephew, man, I promise. get into the whole clip but it was a it was considered a satire um actually in the clip he does it starts with the the dancers set up as troops against the background of the american flag and he brings out bono to sing and play the patriotic guitar and then dave Chappelle shows up which at, at that was at the point where i told courtney they don't normally publicize the best comedy album but i knew then that they was going to actually televise best comedy best comedy is usually one of the awards that they don't televise um so it was a great performance i could do it without dave chappelle and bono really but it did tell a good story so um <laughs> let's get into the winners so we'll start from the bottom on up um best r&b album was bruno mars best urban contemporary r&b best yeah. r&b album yeah. How, what? Yeah. Who were the other nominees? SZA? Was SZA one of them? I, I, I'm I, not saying she should have won, but that's the first person that came to mind as far as R&B in 2017. You know, I told Courtney that I wasn't going to talk no more shit about Bruno Mars, so. That ain't talking shit. How does nigga win R&B? Okay, go on. Read the rest. Cause we gonna and make then we're going to talk about this. Okay, best <laughs> urban contemporary album, which I feel like I need some of these categories. I need to research when they change categories. Because I didn't, they, you know, back in the 70s, they had best soul album. Then they went to best traditional soul plus R&B. Now they got best R&B and best urban contemporary. So best urban contemporary was Starboy by the Weekend. Best R&B song. Okay. okay. Best R&B song was That's What I Like by Bruno Mars. Okay. Best traditional R&B. So you would think best traditional R&B would be like I don't know. Well, Aretha Franklin ain't got no album. It would be somebody. I don't know who had, who who traditional had an album this year. I don't know. But it was Redbone by Childish Gambino. Best traditional R&B album was Redbone by Charles Gambino. I guess they're saying that traditional R&B is like you don't cross all the way over into the pop part. So <laughs> you, you got a little bit more funk and soul? I guess. Or um, you are, never mind. I was about to say, I, I was about to comment on some, some blackness type stuff, but never mind. Oh, no, because we're going to get to that. That's why I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to have you back. 
So, best alternative music album, we don't care. Sleep Well by The National, I don't know who the hell that is. Best rock album, we don't care. Best rock sound, we don't care. Best metal, blah, blah, blah. Best rock, blah, blah. Contemporary instrumental, no. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to see. Best pop vocal album, Ed Sheeran. So, I feel like they must have had, they had to give both Ed Sheeran and Bruno Mars an album until that's what they did. That's how I feel. And then they have best traditional pop, which was Tony Bennett. Which I thought Tony Bennett was jazz, but okay. Um, and then, okay, here's when the fuckery started. This was the first award that they gave out. The first time I got angry. Best new artist, Alicia Cara. Who beat out... Oh, Alessia. Alessia, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Alessia who? Cara. Who? Say it again. Who? <laughs> who beat I out SZA. You know, I'm not even going... I might even want to do her like that because I do have her first album and I thought I think she's an okay artist. Listen, I'm gonna tell you why. Let me tell you why. For number one, so she beat out SZA and Lil. uh, How you say it? Not not Lil Yachty. She beat out Little Uzi Vert. But I went on her Wikipedia. Huh? How was his name? Not Little Universe. Um. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm gonna be 39 next next Saturday. I don't understand a lot of these people's names. It took a long time for somebody to tell me how to say little yachty. I thought it was really like yacht, like the, like the yeah. I don't know. I don't know these people's names. But I went to her wiki because I didn't know who the hell she was. I didn't know who little Uzi Vert was, but when they played this clip, I said, "Oh, that song. I know that song. Yeah. All right." So I went to her wiki. All my friends are dead. All my friends are dead. Something like that. Is that the song? <laughs> I recognized it when he sung it. I didn't recognize it when you sung it. So <laughs> when I went to her wiki, that's, it said that that's she old and everybody under the age of thirty-five sounds the same to you. That's fine. It's true. Mm. So when I went to her wiki, it said that she was listed as alternative R and B R and B soul. What is alternative? I believe that alternative must be not black. It's the folks that halfway cross over into the pop charts. Right. It started, yeah. I think it started with people like Childish Gambino who wasn't really singing. They wasn't singers, but they was considered R&B. But I'm the so, fact that they had her listed. She's like an Ariana Grande. Yeah. Did she, did she used to be a, 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 little a, bit more, a little bit more indie? But guess who, what, what label she on? This gonna trip you out. She Ain't she on Drake label? Do Drake got an imprint under Def? Wait, was it Def Soul or Def Jam that she was on? Shoot, now y'all done made me forget. This damn, <laughs> this damn age is gonna kill me. It was one of them. It's not. It's not Jive. The Jive went under. It's one of them. One of them Soul uh, labels. Wait, which one is? It? Let me see right here. Wikipedia. It's gonna tell me. But it's one of them Soul labels. Where is it? Cause it is is important information. Because when I saw that, I almost fell out. She is on. Um, yep, Def Jam. Which I guess maybe not. Because she used to, okay, so her deal is that she used to sing on YouTube a lot, and I think she got discovered by somebody who's Drake adjacent. (laughs) And Drake kind of like, because she's from Canada, Mm -hmm. and then Drake kind of like, you know, endorsed her a little bit, and then she got big. But her single came out in 2015. I don't understand the best. I mean, I I read about it, and from, from the description of the award, it's, like, you know, whatever year the artist becomes popular, it doesn't even have to be their first album. But also, she hasn't made an album since 2015. So, I, I'm, I'm confused. Wait, I it's think, no, she, she had a 2017, artist. I think. 
But then, you know, the, the Grammy year, I think, starts at the end of that previous year. I feel like it starts at the end of 2016. That's where the Grammy year starts. Now, that's something I would actually so have to So maybe like a September, October, but I don't even, let me, I didn't know. So that's how it works with the, with, the, um, with the Oscars, too. It starts at the end of the year. But my whole thing is I keep telling people, and I'm going to keep telling people, mm-hmm. and nobody going to listen because all I got is this little podcast, is that you y'all going to keep uh, getting these little white YouTube sensations mm-hmm. that y'all done found that y'all think y'all can make money on <laughs> and keep watching them bite the culture in the butt. I keep I told uh, Usher about, uh, what's his face, Justin Bieber didn't eclipse him. We tell T.I. about, uh, what's her name? Izzy, what's, I forgot the girl name. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Azalea. They gonna keep doing this shit and then getting mad when they beat out their folks on award shows. So, anyway. Ooh, did y'all, this is real random, but did y'all hear the, see the reviews for Justin Timberlake album? They're so horrible. I have not. What are they saying? <laughs> if, we have, if we have time later, I'm gonna read something for you. They're fucking hilarious. I feel that we should. We will make time. So let's go on from mm-hmm. Alessia Cara. Forget her. I, I, did, I do not agree. <laughs> I do not agree. They was wrong. That was the first stolen award of the night. Then you had Song of the Year. That's what I like by Bruno Mars. Record of the Year, 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. Um, Wait, I'm missing some. Um, And then Album of the Year, 24 Karat Magic Bruno Mars, which has started a a few conversations, not very many, I think, because some people don't want to have it, but about... Well, Billboard put out an article before the Grammys. They put out who should win every category and who will. And they said very definitively that they felt that Kendrick Lamar should win Best Album, but that Bruno Mars would. So I went and researched. How are the top awards voted on? I wanted to know how did this happen. So from what I can gather, the way that for every category, people, when you become a part of the Academy or whatever they call it, the Recording Arts Academy, you are, of course, registered under whatever your genre is. So you, for the genre awards, only people in that genre vote, right? But when you get to the major awards, which is, of course, album of the year, song of the year, record of the year, everybody in the Academy gets to vote. So you think about it like this. If you got, like, I don't know, Mr. Wiggles from Ojai, California, who got to be a part of the Academy by recording classical music, he don't, he don't know all these fools that's in this category. Right? But he opened up album of the year. He see Kendrick Lamar's ass with these braids in his head. Um, he see I'm trying to remember who else was nominated. I think Jay Z was nominated, I think. He don't know much about Jay Z, but he know he's been hearing about him from over the years for that rap crap and he don't like him. And then you see Bruno Mars. Who do you think he gonna choose? I'm asking him. Right. That's my that's my thought and opinion, because I had to figure out how do you know who should win and how it versus who is going to win? But we all know that I I believe that Bruno Mars is, is funk white, but it is what it is. What were you guys thoughts after the reveal of the major categories? You know, we like Bruno Mars over here. That's my one problematic, one of my problematic centers. <laughs> I like Bruno Mars. So I was at and. 24 Karat Magic is like me and Caleb's. Like, we listen. We we listen to that all the time. Put, get your little funky I, I like him, too. I just don't think he should have gotten all them awards. Like, that's crazy. 
see getting like I can see why he got all of them though. Like given the history, like he's just he's racially ambiguous. It's music everybody likes. Like I, you know. They wasn't gonna give I uh, I wanna see a uh, uh Richard Pryor Afro no album of the year. <laughs> that wasn't he's like the, that wasn't gonna pop off. So he's like the vanilla version of Prince. Yeah. I mean like everybody likes him, but he's not as raunchy as Prince. Not raunchy and edgy as Prince. Yeah, it's like he has shit we can all dance to, and that's what <laughs> Don't say what. Oh, you're right. I said a bad word. I'm sorry. Um, he, Child, I gonna get you. Five dollars. He's first of all. I don't even know what he's talking about because he didn't say shit all weekend. So I don't know what he. He has started to know when the when you the, the mama though. You are the mama. Like he was just sitting moment. there coloring, and then I'm on the phone, and he just looked up and said shit, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Well, think and about it like this. Car. Like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, we were in the car and he was like, it sounded like he was saying shit. And I'm like yelling at him like, are you saying shit? Don't say shit. Are you saying shit? And it's like, uh, it's just like, uh, I wish he would choose another word to say. That was more, because sometimes he's saying ship and sometimes he'll be saying shirt. And then... Well, he's gotten better at saying shirt, but ship and shit just sounds. It's but his, nevertheless, it's his shit. <laughs> yeah, it's his shit that he says. Well, I mean, no. back to Bruno. I mean, I think the thing about it is this: like, you know, people want to dance. People not making very much dance music, but at the same time, I mean, I, when I take a, a a song like finesse, to me, finesse sounds like a Doctor Freeze. Doctor Freeze, for you guys don't know, was the major producer of the East Coast Family, who was Boys to Men, ABC, BBD. It sounds like a Doctor Freeze, like trash track off the floor, like like they had a leftover, unedited something that they didn't put out back in nineteen ninety four, and they gave it to them, and that's what it is. But at the same time, nobody is doing that. And so, like, the, the poet Sean William made a very good point, which I love. He said, you know, if we want black musicians to start back making soulful black music, then maybe we should encourage them to make songs that don't require coding and talking about Molly and Percocet. And he is right. Uh, but you know what? I, when it comes to, like, when they say the drug user music, I really find, I find that to be kind of offensive. Not, And I'm not even actually in the demographic like they're talking about because they're talking about younger, like I'm now pushing into 31 and they're talking about rappers who are like 23, 24. But it's like, y'all act like you didn't rap about doing drugs. Like y'all all have been rapping about smoking weed forever. Y'all Don't forget all we rapped about rapping. sipping on scissor up and try to right. sip it and too. Then, you know, like when uh, D12 came out, they were talking about popping pills. Why are y'all acting like... This is the first time people have ever rapped about doing drugs. So maybe they were better at it? Because no, really, seriously. Like when we talk but about... <laughs> but I just don't understand like why people are, oh my God, they rapping about doing drugs. Like, okay, like you niggas rapped about doing drugs too. 
What's, what's your point? I think in the and context of his point, what he's talking about is not about rapping or singing about doing drugs. But there is a definitely a, a different type of cadence and a different type of music style when you are in that what's called the, the coding. I, I don't want, I don't try to figure out how to say it in a non-musical way. But when you when you think about when you go back to the sipping on scissor up era and you think about DJ Screw and you think about Screw music and you look at think about the difference between what was usually the original tracks and then the Screw tracks, um, and then you now have a whole R and B era of basically just Screw tracks. That is something completely different, and it's not really it's not that if we're talking about dance music versus Molly Percocet music, that's kind of the difference. Screw music was kind of like you on a couch somewhere just find, fucking zoned out, out of your mind, chilling, vibing, and off of cough syrup. I don't know. I'm probably not explaining that very well. I would need to bring in a musician to explain the difference. But I think that's it. That's a difference to me. Um, but yeah, the funk light of Bruno Mars is not really for me. I will admit that when we go to the gym and, and my trainer plays it all the time, I do be working out to it. It do help me work out. But it was a whole different thing being at the Fox Theater at a, at a Legacy concert when the whole when um Uptown Funk came on and all the old black people started bouncing to it. I said, y'all, y'all was alive for cool in the gang and all of them. And, and y'all, uh, it was it was depressing. You are so old. <laughs> I am. I'll be 39 next Saturday. Hey, just because y'all don't know nothing about that. We, and what are you talking about? Y'all don't know about no cool in the gang. How I don't? I, I listen know about to cool in the gang, boo. Every year on the winter solstice. What are you talking about? You listen about? to what? You ain't never heard winter sadness? No, I thought you, I thought you said celebrate or something. I was going to say, you know what? I'm done with you. No, I love Cool in the Gang, and I listen to, like, all of their, like, non-hit songs, so I don't know what the fuck you mean. I'm can we talk about, well, can, can we talk about uh, SZA's performance and what happened? What, what happened? Happen? Uh, it was not a, her best performance. A lot of, uh, one thing that someone said is that, well, I have seen her live, and this did not shock me. For me, I said... I will. I prefer to enjoy her in the comforts of my own home in the middle of the night to this live performance. But I would like to get you guys' perspective on this performance. I don't remember seeing it. Stop pulling my hair. It's probably because you were doing what you're doing right now. <laughs> Stop pulling my hair. Did you see the I performance? Saw, I saw was? her performance. I mean, um, I don't, again, I wasn't that in tune, but I did pay attention a little bit more to her. And, I mean... SZA, she's she's a good singer. If you want singing, you're not going to get it from her. But she's a good singer. And her live pieces always feel like she's, you're, it's very intimate. Like she's in her living room singing for you. <laughs> like it's your cousin. Uh-huh. And which is cool on some levels and kind of like boring slash meh on other levels depending on who you are when you're talking to the person <laughs> um so she's like uh, she's like her performances are very eclectic i'll say that i mean i don't know what else but she always her wardrobe choices are never good <laughs> never we need ever to ever ever on, on her <laughs> but, but you know what scissor 
SZA comes from that the, this generation of R&B singers that sound way better in the studio than they do live, which I was going to let y'all say it, and I'm glad you said it. Yeah, <laughs> which is not saying which is not saying that they can't sing because I think SZA can sing. Someone who's like her is um, the artist. Her, I think her can sing. Um, I think Janae, I don't know how you pronounce her last name, Aiko, Aiko, whatever. I think she could sing on a good day. But if you want some, like, you know, stand in front of the mic singing Layla Hathaway type stuff, them ain't your people. And I'm just, at at that point, I'm going to let B. Willis have the last comment on that because y'all already know how I feel about it. And at the end of this episode, you're going to find out exactly how I feel about it. Kayla, can you sing? Caleb, hey. oh hi, Carolyn. Hi, Caleb. I will see hey, you this Friday class. at my birthday party, Caleb. Listeners, you are see not invited. All right, so let's go on to our next Hold item. On, you having a birthday party? I am. And Caleb is invited. Yeah, you invited and too, I'm but not... you live in Baltimore. Baltimore. What that mean? What you that mean? In, you live in Baltimore, Mister Richard. I at least want the. I at least want the invitation. I'm You're rich. right. I did send one to my cousin who live in D.C. and I knew she couldn't come, and I sent it to my cousin uh-huh. in, in Louisiana. Uh-huh. I knew they, I'm rude. Uh-huh. I apologize. Do you accept my apology? Maybe. Caleb, let I'll let Caleb decide. Caleb, should I accept her apology? What? Let's Kayla said no. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So next up on our agenda for today, I'm not gonna spend too much time on my pre-birthday turn up talking about this State of the Union address. So I would like for everybody to give one word about how they felt about the State of the Union. Caleb and Courtney, your one word about the State of the Union. Um, I didn't watch it, so that's good enough. B. B. Willis, do you have one? <laughs> One word about the State of the Union. Uh, I also didn't watch it, so whack. (laughs) (laughs) And my one word is unbothered. Like, this podcast is unbothered with the State of the Union. So on to our next item on the the agenda. Right now, as we speak, which is probably making Caleb mad, is the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is going down right now. Um, I, for one, who has a huge football fan have been boycotting all season so i am continuing my boycott which is why i had no problem recording today but i can give you some of the break the basics it is be be between the 45 loving patriots the three-headed monster of bill belichick tom brady and robert Kraft, and the militant fist waving kneeling Philadelphia Eagles. That's what's going on right now. I can't tell you who's winning. Oh, who's I did not. not even think of it in that angle, but you are right. It is. Someone wrote a great article about. It. I had already thought of it. I was glad that someone put pen to paper and talked about it. But it is, and I, I really, even if I thought about breaking my boycott, the fact that the Patriots are the front runners and probably, unless the Lord intervenes, probably will win. I couldn't. And then. You add Hell, you think that, they will win? I think I'm I'm praying for an Eagles win. I'm praying that the, the Eagles beat the brakes off of them, but usually when it comes to the NFL and the Patriots, they will do anything 
to let the Patriots <laughs> in. And then, why, why is the NFL obsessed with the Patriots? Oh my God. Because they're, they're always winning. Right. They make them good money. And then, on top of that, if they did win, Tom Brady would break um, Joe Montana's Super Bowl record. So, you have that. Then, if you put it in the dynamics of the Trump-loving team versus the kneeling team, who you think that they want to win? So, I, I think... The, the, the Philadelphia Eagles was kneeling, too? Uh, actually, just a, a certain few. I think I don't think it was all the black players, but there were quite a few from the Philadelphia Eagles who did kneel. I forgot. Is Martellus Bennett on the... No, he's on the... Um, He's on Seattle Seahawks, but they they did actually have players that were kneeling in Philadelphia. So they haven't. Mm-hmm. I don't think they wanted to. They didn't want anybody to really spin that rhetoric too much. I'm sure the NFL would not want that. But at the same time, Budweiser, whose whose Super Bowl commercial leaked, you know, their whole thing is about America mm-hmm. and, and how they've supported America, and we have to support the flag, we have to support the troops. We all know what that that rhetoric is really all about. So. Budweiser, the same people that released, weren't they the same people, or was that Coors that released that commercial about um, going to the wall or something like that and letting people cross the wall? The one where the where the, the mother and the daughter went to the wall and, or, or trying to cross the border yeah. and then the wall. That wasn't, who was that? That was last year's Super Bowl. I can't remember who that was. But they are their whole thing is about patriotism and supporting, you know, America. Um and then to make things worse, you have Justin Timberlake doing the halftime show. No Janet Jackson. As a matter of fact, I'm waiting for the internet to tell me that he on the, the stage so I can stream Rhythm Nation over and over again. Because somebody out there, dec- a black Twitter declared it Janet Jackson control day. <laughs> no, it's Janet Jackson appreciation day. And I think it's so great. It is. It's trending over the Super Bowl. <laughs> is it? Yes. Yeah. It should be. That's why I said give Janet your coins and stream you some Janet Jackson as soon as he hit the stage. And then the 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 if the news leaked that he was gonna try because the Super Bowl sidetracked. The Super Bowl is in Minneapolis. Um in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So he decided that he was so smart, he was gonna have a Prince Hologram perform. Prince is infamous for saying how much he hates holograms. Mm-hmm. And so his family his family got on Twitter like, yeah, no to the Prince Hologram. So they shut, and they all shut the fans was like, "Bitch, you you bet not." Yeah, it shut down real quick. Even his even his fans was like, "You know, you are talented, but you don't." Somebody said, "You are talented. You don't have to co-op black artists." And I didn't know how to feel about that comment <laughs> because it's like, "You are talented. Mm. Don't co-op black artists." I that was a conflicting comment for me because no, he shouldn't. So co-op black is artists. this a good moment to read his album reviews? <laughs> yes, please do. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> just some background. Y'all know Justin Timberlake tried to do this whole rewhitening of himself. I'm gonna go back to my roots, you know, Molly Cyrus type shit. Right. Um, but you're gonna co op Prince anyway. Go ahead. And the album reviews are horrendous. Can I just say, first of all, these are hilarious, but on a serious note, I just think it's, it's funny slash annoying that. You know, first of all, that he tried to rewrite himself and failed. And second of all, that the critics actually hate him now, that he's not stealing black music. It's crazy. But anyway, 
Um, let's say, let's see. USA Today it says as Timberlake gears up for his Super Bowl halftime show performance on Sunday, it's telling that his best new songs are purposely retro. And then, as he cycles through his greatest hits, it'll be a reminder of a time when Timberlake was among the most exciting names in pop, which is not now. <laughs> and then, and then Esquire called it a mess and kind of embarrassing. Um, do, 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 do. It said Man in the Woods is more like deep fried Justin Timberlake. It's like stumbling across some awkward campfire party in a clearing in the middle of the forest. It's like eating a handful of poison berries from a bush and finding yourself scared, confused, nauseous, and lost among the foliage. It's his infamous denim suit resurrected as music. <laughs> uh, let's see. Pitchfork was so annoyed they put his entire career on blast. Let's see. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the quote it's remarkable how few ideas are contained within this hour plus Blue Ridge Mountains mood board of an album Man of the Woods is a misstep large enough to merit relitigating um, re Justin Timberlake's status as a pop superstar how much of his career should we chalk up to fortune, privilege, and an essential malleability which is that's, a, that's saying a lot that's saying a <laughs> some lot these, I, some of these words I don't even want to define but <laughs> let's see the Daily Beast said Lemonade and 444, this is not. Uh, what does it say? It says Man in the Woods attempt, attempted, he attempted to strip down to the basics and reveal what's behind the pop veneer. Unfortunately, the album reveals that there's nothing there. <laughs> wow. um, and then hold on, there's like four more. One is from The Ringer. It says Justin Timberlake just wasn't made for these times. <laughs> and the superstar just wants to get away from it all. Unfortunately, pop music and what we ask of its stars has changed radically. Um, and then Thrillist said, listening to this album is like scrolling through that cabin porn blog for an hour. It's the weaponization of Woodsy as an aesthetic. Um, <laughs> and then it said... Wait, this is this part is... Like, so it says, his conception of the South or Montana is just the woods. He's untethered from geography, a man bun without a country. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Slant said Timberlake is more comfortable with airbrush blue eye soul than with anything involving a pedal still. Still. And what else did they say? Oh, the, the, there's the, this actual song title on this album called Breeze Off the Pond, Living Off the Land, and Flannel. Lord. Where the hell is Justin Timberlake from again? He's Memphis. from Tennessee, girl. He's from Memphis. He's so Justin Timberlake, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now. I, I, you know, I went to a Black History program yesterday, and you know, one of the presenters, I'm not gonna say his name because I'm still trying to do some official stuff in my city. Uh, but he talked about <laughs> growing up and how he was he grew up in a middle class white neighborhood but he got to observe black culture and blah 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 that's just a Timberlake in, in Memphis you in Memphis so you grew up on the outskirts mm -hmm. of Memphis near the woods but you got to observe uh you know Memphis and what ain't that where the Lorraine no, Motel and all that shit middle, is he grew up in middle class Memphis and he didn't even necessarily grow up there because as you guys know he got on the Disney Channel Club. So he mm -hmm. was really in going into his teenage years and young adulthood he was immersed in Hollywood 
And yep. but you got to remember music. about uh, Mickey Mouse Club because I did watch Mickey Mouse Club all the time. It was one of my favorite shows. <laughs> but the oh, did I, Carolyn? Come on. What? <laughs> what? I didn't even say nothing. Uh, I just said that I watched it all the time. Uh, I watched the Mickey Mouse Club. But so. you gotta so anyway, what you gotta remember about the Mickey Mouse Club, the 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 centerpiece of every episode was them singing a whitened up version of a current R and B song. Every episode. Mm. So that was his life. That was what he he'd been before he even did all these album stuff, he'd been making his money off of that. So this is nothing new. But go ahead with the reviews. Oh, that was the that was the last one. I think the 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 last one says something like, you know, he's trying to give us garbage and asking for adoration, or something like that, saying I like your pink and then you love my purple or something like that. It was some weird analogy, but nobody liked it. Basically, nobody likes his album. What's there like? Shit. Can I maybe be Willis? Maybe you can explain. What are the roots he going back to though? Like. Is he going back to White Roots? And if so, what is White Roots? I don't, I don't well, understand. He just said, I think his, I think his interpretation was, I'm going back to my Memphis roots. But, which, you know, when you hear that, and, you know, my Tennessee, my Memphis root coming from a white person, you're like, oh, country, I guess, is what you're going back to? Because that's really what Tennessee is, not Nashville and stuff like that. Well, if he's from um, Memphis, he his roots is Elvis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, listen. <laughs> there you okay. go. <laughs> okay, I was like, there you go. There, there you, you go. go. But, then, but then people listened to it and was like, okay, what were, we, were we supposed to expect something else? Because this kind of sound like... You 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 try to mesh up what you was doing before with what you think is country or what you think Tennessee sounds like, which is not which you're not right. Why so you couldn't just, just say? I mean, like, so side note: the church people is all mad because I guess apparently Snoop was on the All Star Gospel thing last night and he talked about how he is recording a gospel album. And because Snoop, he don't give a shit about God. He don't care about these church people. He gonna make his gospel album just like he made a reggae album. Forget all y'all. I ain't gonna say F because it's a church album. Forget all y'all. He gonna make his gospel album. Justin Timberlake, if you want to make a country album, then just make a goddamn country album. What's the? What's the? I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. He listen. He knows nothing else. He doesn't know how. To, it's like Elvis. <laughs> It's like Elvis coming out and try to do metal rock. He doesn't know white music. All he knows is to steal, you know, steal black folk stuff. So it's like it. It, it he has the same producers on this album. What's what's his face? Uh, you better not Timberland say Timberland. And, and Timberland. I think Timberland is still on this album as a producer. Let me look it up because you know they they work together all the time. All the time. Right? Ever since, yeah, ever since um, ever since uh, what's my what's his face? Future Sex Love Sounds went all popular and stuff. Tim Blake has not left Timberland's side. Let's see. Um, I was looking for the liner notes. Oh, here's the okay. Blah blah blah. Did you producers. Rumor like him and Beyonce like went on a few dates back in the day. I believe mm. it. Did they say how far back in the day it was? Mm. <laughs> when she was with Destiny's Child, that's what I was like, gonna say. Was if it was, it was in Britney, bro, yeah, but Destiny's Child wasn't he? How old was he though? If it was in the um, um, 
writings on the wall time period i believe it because when writings on the wall came out like the push for a pop was real and so i they yeah i believe it i totally believe it. if it was during that rise on the wall time it's absolutely plausible not during that first album because that that first album was super black that first album was our door music so um on this whole album basically it's produced by pharrell and them that's that's the whole album really and one song by Timbaland, but um, but you know he worked with he worked he's been working with Pharrell since his first album. Yeah. I I used to be a Justin Timberlake fan. I'm not even going front. Let me just say that right no, now. No, I liked his first I, album. I'm not even gonna lie either. I yeah. liked the first album. And then and there's a song on his first album with Janet Jackson, and I did love that song. But now I can't listen to that shit without thinking of him and whatever. But um, yeah. So he used to like he worked with on his very first single. Pharrell was a producer, like, and he, and he was featured on it with the Neptunes and stuff. So like he's been working with them for a while. This is not you know surprising or new, but also you know you can't tell people I'm going back to my roots, quote unquote. And you basically doing you have the same producers. It, it basically sound the same or sound like what you think one thing sound like and what the other thing sound like, and try to mix it all together. Uh uh-uh. uh. He literally has a song on his album called Montana. You know what? Here is the here is the, the here is the problem. Okay, because like <laughs> me and B Willis just said, we like I I you know what I will not, I'm not even going to lie. It's not just his first album because I did like uh what's the one with suit and tie? I liked a couple songs off of that too. I think the mm-hmm. problem with Justin Timberlake was it be, it started to become so apparent that he was literally just stealing black culture and just acting out what he thought that black culture was and then on top of that you had timberland and pharrell doing the production they gonna do good production like you not gonna it to me it's the same argument with bruno mars I, i'm sorry y'all to me it's the same argument you know you got people doing even out timberland and pharrell's way better producers but that's neither here nor there he, he, they were making good music it's it's him it's him the one that you don't fuck with. But then when you have an album, I'm looking at it right now too, like Britney was, where they're calling it uh, Cosmopolitan Future Funk or Country Funk. If you're trying to do Country Funk, you don't still work with the same two producers from, from Urban Contemporary Virginia. They're not even from Country Virginia. You talking about you're going to make some... Uh, it's a mess. <clears throat> it's a mess. Montana. What are you trying to invoke, Montana, and in your woods? You know, to me, it sounds like that movie, Cabin Fever. You know, where they all went out to the cabin and then they had the flesh-eating disease? That's all I keep thinking about when I think about Man in the Woods. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate that, like, so many people are trying to lift up Janet in spite of him on this day that he's supposed to. Because, you know, Super Bowl halftime performance is supposed to be really big for an artist, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, and he had the nerve to release this album. Like, <laughs> he could have at least tried. He could have kept stealing black music to have the hit He could have released it out. Like, come well, on, you well, should have just Can we even stayed. talk about, you know, uh, the NFL, y'all having it in Minneapolis. I'm sure that if Prince was alive, that he would have been doing a halftime show. He has one of the most iconic uh, halftime performances ever, but you couldn't have, there's nobody else, I mean, I, I, I'm not even a Bruno fan, we have said in this podcast how I feel about him, but shit, if you had got Bruno, at least he would have had the good sense to go out and get Sheila E, he stole enough of Sheila E and them music anyway for his last two singles, he would at least got Sheila E and Morris Day. 
Right. He would have gave a halftime performance worth seeing. I don't even, I mean, Justin Timberlake, yes, he has some hit, you know, popular songs, hit songs, but I can't imagine. Because a halftime performance to me is like a mini, you know, concert. It's like, I'm going to go see you in concert. And I can't imagine ever going to go see Justin Timberlake in concert. In concert, no. I, would, I don't know if I would be entertained. I just, to I me, I just, can, to me, I just conceptualize what should have been the Minneapolis <laughs> halftime show. And when I put this out into the world, people are going to be shocked. But that's what it should have been. If Bruno Mars going to spend a whole year stealing Morris Day swag and stealing Sheila E's hooks, then damn it, he would have came to Minneapolis and got all them fools and got the revolution to be the backing band. And that would have been the halftime show. That's what should have happened. <laughs> So my homegirl said, if Justin Timberlake asked on show to the Super Bowl, he better bring in sync with him. <laughs> that's the only way. Exactly, like he did for the MTV Awards. <laughs> that's the only way. She was like, if you've been a part of a group, you got to bring your group with you. And she's like, nobody likes. She's she was talking about his album last night too, and she was saying nobody likes his new shit. So he better break out with in sync. You better call Joey Fatone off of Family Feud and, and, and just get it popping. Who else is Lance Bass? And... Stretches. No, but seriously, and he did that for, remember when he got his little tiny award for MTV or whatever, Vanguard thingy, and um, he brought out NSYNC, like, you know, that, and that, that for me, that invokes some, like, middle school type shit, because I used to love NSYNC. Go ahead and bring yeah, them out. I, like, like them. I was disappointed. I told her I didn't want it. She was like, well, Beyonce brought out Kelly and Michelle. I'm like, Kelly and Michelle can still dance and sing. NSYNC can't move like they used to. But they that's, are, but that's, that's a great part, though. The Super Bowl the got the kind of production, like, uh, production budget where you ain't got to dance no more. You what you do is if you you know because they bring out old people all the time. You put the ba- you put the group on the stage, and then you get like fifty million dancers on the field. That's what they got the budget to do. That that's how it works. Is okay. that how it works, Carolyn? You know what? <laughs> I'm about sick of you and Brittany shade me. I don't know why you would. I, mean, I did not say anything. I'm just like, that's how it, that's how you're supposed to do it. Like, that's how you're supposed to do it. Because before, <laughs> look, before Michael and them was doing the major halftime shows, and even since, depending on the off year and who they choose to do it, they was really just getting people who they wanted to have, quote unquote, iconic moments to get together as a group. And then as you get further on into the Beyonce era, even though Beyonce does a lot of dancing, a lot of the production budget goes into all them freaking dancers. Then what? She don't have that many dancers. I mean, I've never been to a Beyonce concert. She do have a lot of dancers, but not as many freaking dancers as she had at the Super Bowl. Like, that's what all that production is about. So that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get let. If they can't move, you get them at a mic. You stand them at that damn mic, and you get the dancers to do the dancing. That's how it's supposed to work. But I want to see them dance. They too old. They can't do it. They be all out of breath. (laughs) Girl, but I mean, did y'all see them when he brought them out for the MTV thing? Do y'all remember that? Or did y'all even watch that? No. Yes. Because because Joey was out of breath. The only one that was like, you know, with it was Lance. And can I just say, this this is also an aside, but... Ever since Lance became gay, like he just been looking better. Because <laughs> <But anyway, laughs> back, back in them instinct days when he was trying to play straight, because he didn't have to mm-hmm. hold on to that stress and strain of having for, to pretend right. 
Right. right. But let him see him by look, I'm gay, and he was just able to be free, and his energy changed, and now you right. Got Benjamin Button going on because he looked young as hell, and the rest <laughs> of them was falling apart. You right. But if if one of if one of them can't dance and they you know breathing hard, you do like New Edition, do Bobby. He, when it comes to the dances, he can't do it no more. He stand yeah. his ass off to the side. That's what you do. Let yeah. the rest of them yeah. dance. Let Ronnie D. Bo okay, and but Michael Bobby Bivins Brown, dance. who was like sixty years old, not being able to dance, and some thirty year old men being Bobby stiff Brown is, is not sixty. He almost but they're sick. also, but listen, the 30-year-old white man is the 60-year-old black man, uh, Courtney. So. You know what? I have I have to stop this conversation because this we was trying to talk about the Super Bowl. I don't know what's going on right now in the Super Bowl before while we end this conversation, but I can say that I just got a notification that said that people in Philly had lost their mind because the, the Eagles went in the lead. That don't mean nothing when you're playing the Patriots. And I would also like to say that as much as I want Philly to win... Philly people are the they worst winners. The game already? Oh yeah, it started like about, about the same time that we started this it started podcast. At three yeah, I thought it was starting at eight. Well, my time. Your time. Eight, eight my time. No, it started an hour ago. Yeah. So who's singing the national anthem? I'm scared to find out. I don't know. Oh, let's see who it is. Oh, you look it up. Mess, I want to see. Listen, it. all I got to say is that there is no worse winners in this world than Philadelphia fans. And they ain't had no kind of winning nothing in so long that if they win, good Lord, you don't want to talk to nobody who's from Philly. Don't talk to me unless you bring me a Philly cheesesteak. I don't want to talk to y'all. When And when B. Willis returns with the who sang the national anthem. Oh, Pink sang the national anthem. Oh, God. You were, uh, mm. Courtney, remember when we were watching the, the Grammys? Because remember, she performed a terrible performance at the Grammys, too. And I said and to she me, was she spinning as usual? Was she, she spinning as usual? You said she was? She showed up. Was she spinning as usual? No. No. She came, she showed up basically in her laundry day clothes <laughs> and decided to, like, sing some sad shit and i'm like okay that's nice but you know what pink ain't nothing but like justin timberlake too except for she did her on her second album she did one quote-unquote black album enough to get her some money and some producers and some whatever and then she immediately went back to singing this shit yes because do you remember her there you go yeah i remember i remember black pink yeah black pink (laughs) came out and they was talking about how same shit you know she a white girl with soul and she on the top of the chart Mm -hmm. and then when she got that i don't know if it went platinum or gold probably at least a million platinum then she immediately went back to her roots and she ain't came back since. And we don't want her back, but we just saying, fuck, shit. Stop coming and, and making your money off of our back. And can we stop letting them make their money off our back? Can we stop doing that shit? How about that? Anyway. Does well. it help that Bruno Mars at least said, like, if it weren't for black artists, I wouldn't be here? Does that mean I'm thinking. Yes. I'll, I'll say, I'll say. Because <laughs> Carolyn over there struggling. <laughs> I am struggling because I told Courtney. I told Courtney on the unaired episode that I couldn't talk about Bruno Mars no more because my sister pointed out to me, people for my birthday. My sister bought me tickets to see my favorite band, Jamiroquai, and she said you can't talk shit about Bruno Mars no more when you over there crying because I bought you these tickets to see this uh, white funk band. And I said you're right, and so I, I'm muting myself a lot. 
because she's right. Y'all, when when Courtney asked that question, y'all know that meme with the white lady and it's a whole bunch of math problems she's trying to figure. Out. <laughs> that was that was Carolyn just now. Like, well, how do I? <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Lying. Expound on your thought, Courtney. I mean, Brittany. How do you do? You think that that makes a difference? What? Oh, I said yes. Oh, okay. I mean, not a big difference. I think it's he's acknowledging, you know. Uh, whatever. <laughs> there, I'll acknowledge that there yeah. there are things that he cannot control. You know what I'm saying? I'll admit, I will acknowledge the fact that he just out there trying to make music, and it's not his fault that you know Dr. Wiggles in the woods voted for him because he a light skinned man with curly hair. That's not his fault. He can't control that. Mm-hmm. Um, Is he light skinned? Oh yeah. Come on, he looks like he Eldebarge. He, he looks he look, he no, look like Eldebarge with a wider face. Come on now. He's brown to me. Oh, okay. I don't know if he's light. What I'm saying is he's not black. I'm not saying, like, he's not black, but he, to me, he's not fair. I mean, there's always, going back to, uh, you know, when Motown signed the barge, you know, you have, when you have somebody who's light-skinned that has reasonably, quote-unquote, good hair, that's it. That's 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 the lick right there. That's what they're looking for. So, all right, let's go on to the next items on our agenda. And I don't think we, we won't be on the line anymore when the Super Bowl ends because, you know, Justin Timberlake will be up there for 30 minutes. So, anyway, there's that. So, as I've said about five times this episode, Saturday is my birthday. So, oh, I thought... That I would go into, like I said, Carolyn's favorite things. and But first, you cannot go into a black birthday without the black happy birthday song. So hold on one moment while I sing it to myself. Hold, please. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm dancing while it plays. So March, you know, she announced today that she was in fact pregnant and had a baby. 
Who? Like two days, three days ago. Kylie Jenner. Anyway, we not go. We I'm not going. Uh-uh. It's my birthday, so I de- I decided that I needed to help black people out because it is my opinion that Martin Luther King did not die so that black folks could desecrate this happy birthday song. You know, you go to the, the Chuck E. Cheese. We sung it yesterday at my niece's birthday party at the uh, bouncy house place. I don't know where we was, and the white people looking at us. He didn't die for this, but. Since it is Black History Month, I decided to tell the people at least where the song came from because they actually don't know where it came from. And it actually came from the fight for Martin Luther King's birthday holiday that we have in January. So the fight for the for Martin Luther King, they actually started the four days after his actual birthday. Um, there was a congressman by the name of John Conyers who actually proposed that the federal holiday of Dr. J- Dr. Martin Luther King Day was signed into law and he was shut down several times for several years. Um, it was not until 1980 when they were actually able to get enough support. At that point, they had got how many signatures? They had been going around the country getting signatures. Of course, by then, they had the support of Dr. King's family. Um, Coretta Scott definitely was a part of campaigning to get the item on the ballot. Yeah, it was back in 68 when he first came on. It first failed, and Mr. Kanye said he would persist year after year, and year after year, Congress continued to shut him down. Um, Fifteen years later, he got the Congressional Black Caucus involved, who also went out on the road to get signatures to sign it into law. Um, in 1980, they had collected six million signatures to support the federal law, but before that happened, Stevie Wonder had recorded a hit song called Happy Birthday, which helped take the signatures <laughs> over the top. Because, you know, black folks, we need to have a song attached to it in order for us to, to support it. So by the time he collect, he recorded this song, they got them their 6 million signatures. They wrote it into law in 83. But you still had states like Arizona. Yes, that same Arizona where they have hobby horse tournaments who decided that they were not going to celebrate the day that they did not have to. And it was not until they had a final referendum in 92 that they started supporting it, and not until 2000 when every state in the Union finally observed Martin Luther King Day. But black people don't care because all we know is that we now have our own black happy birthday that we butcher for every single birthday. Be Willis. What do you feel about black people butchering happy birthday? Um, I mean they're not butchering it. Oh, it's okay. just it it's the it's it sounds how it's supposed to sound. Say like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You know I love us. I we love <laughs> we love black people on the C-Dub show. But you know what? Loving black people is knowing that part of our culture is butchering shit and making it the way that we want it to be. Courtney, mm-hmm. do you do you feel the same it's way? It's called seasoning. It's called seasoning. Oh, is that the seasoning? Oh. Mm-hmm. I think Courtney went off somewhere to. No, uh, I didn't. I'm right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, when you don't hear Kayla, we think that she's gone. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, you know, Kay- Kayla <laughs> runs shit over there. He's relaxing. He's surprisingly very calm right now, which probably means he peed on me or something. Or he's not supposed to do. Well, I don't know what happened when Ike was calm. 
he was out he was somewhere. <laughs> Did you pull a black mother in moment, Courtney, and give him some Benadryl? No, she gave him Benadryl this early in the. No, she just gave him some Hennessy. <laughs> no, Caleb doesn't drink dark liquor. Well, y'all, I, I didn't really have a real conversation about happy birthday. Except for, number one, it gave me an excuse to play happy birthday and, you know, the fair use access. We got to talk about it also because it's Black History Month and, you know, we got to have us a Black History moment in every episode. And really, no, seriously, there are people who don't know where uh, Stevie Wonder's happy birthday came from, that he just sat down and just randomly wrote a Black happy birthday. So now they learned something, hopefully listening to this podcast. But the last couple of items are dedicated to things that Carolyn loves. These are Carolyn's favorite things. And one of Carolyn's favorite things you heard at the top of the show is the TV show Martin. It is one of my favorite shows ever. Um, I know almost every line to every episode. Some of my favorite episodes include the, uh, the if That's Not No Damn Puppy episode. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, How I Met Your Mother Tried to Steal, but I'm not going to go there. Um, Reverend Leon Line Love was one of my favorite guest characters as the the ghetto preacher. Um, who are my favorite? Who do you guys have any favorite characters on the TV show Martin? Um, probably Jerome his. Yes, yeah, it's a toss up between Jerome and his mama. His mama was the best. When she's mm-hmm. me, me. but also but also Pam because Pam people sleep on Pam's jokes and I loved it. Her jokes, her comebacks to Martin was sometimes real, like, on point. Their relationship was, uh, if you're going to talk about, like, Fred Sanford and Aunt Esther, and you're going to talk about, like, who, like, Archie Bunker and Maude, like, they had one of the best uh, back-and-forth relationships of all time, I believe. In my opinion. Y'all heard they might be doing a reboot? Of course that is the purpose of this whole segment. Oh, my <laughs> I heard Kevin Hart was supposed to be on it, so I'm boycotting it. Look, we're going to go into all of that because I heard recently, like, since we've been on, uh, right before we came on the air, someone told me that, and I had to say why that was terrible and why that could never happen. But let's back on up. We're going to back up to, first, the series. Martin was a sitcom that started in 1992 and aired to 1997. It actually was one of the shows that helped launch um, the Fox Network between that Married with Children and In Living Color, um, it became one of the highest um, rated TV shows in black households, um, especially in its middle seasons, which that would be between 94 and 96. Um, it did not, I don't think it received, did it receive any of the, I know it was always nominated for, of course, NAACP awards. Um, I think it won a couple of times. It was during a time when Martin and actually Bill Cosby were having a back and forth about black comedy because black Bill Cosby was very invested in respectable black comedy, which was ironic, um, which led to a, a couple of times you would notice that, that Martin would make jokes about him being the next Cosby, which only people, if you were paying attention to the beef, would know what that was about. Um, the main characters were Martin, his girlfriend, then wife Gina, Tommy, rest in peace, his best friend, Cole, you so stupid, his other best friend, Pam, BDB, um, some of the favorite supporting characters were Bruhman, um, who was played by some guy who just goes by Bruhman out in the comedy world now, Hustleman, who was Tracy Morgan, um, Stan, who was the legendary Garrett Morris, 
Um, and Miss Jerry, who was me and my sister's other favorite, his back and forth with Miss Jerry was that of legends. Um, and it finally went downhill when there was no, so there's conflicting reports about why it went downhill. The televised reports were that, you know, Tisha Campbell fought a lawsuit against Martin for sexual harassment and verbal and physical assaults. Um, and that she, so she was, she was not on the entire final season, which was terrible. It was a terrible season. She only came back at the end when she made an agreement with the producers to do the last show as long as she did not have to film with Martin. It later came out, actually, when I say later, I mean like a couple of years ago, that it's possible that they were, were actually involved in an off-screen relationship and that when she married her now husband, that he got very angry and it turned into some extra stuff like you guys said. Um, um, I don't think she married. What's his name? Is it Dwayne Martin? Dwayne Martin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She started dating she him at that time. Like pushing, oh, maybe dating. Cause yeah. I'm like, I don't think they got married until like 2000 something. Oh no, 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 no. They definitely were married before that. Cause I remember they were, they got married when I graduated high school in 97 around the time that the show went off the air and they either got married right after that, but it was definitely because she started either dating him and I, I still feel like it was, she ended up marrying him like towards the end of the show. Um, but that's like rumor. So don't, don't nobody be at us talking about that. No, that was a rumor that was once again by, um, folks like TMZ who broke that, they broke out the video of Martin and Gina, or Tisha Campbell, and Tashina Arnold together at Morton Steakhouse that there's going to be a reboot. So, since B. Willis had already brought up the reboot, how do you feel about the reboot, B. Willis? Um, can I just say, like, Martin is probably my favorite TV show. Maybe. It's like top three. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> so, um... When I first heard about it, I was excited. Now, after, you know, the excitement died down, I feel kind of meh about it because you just never know with reboots. You don't know what could happen. Uh-uh. It could be garbage for all we know. But um, I will, you know, I will be wa- uh, watching it and rooting for it to do well. Um, if it doesn't do well, I won't be surprised. But um, I hope that it's really good because I really love Martin, except for the last season, of course. But <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. Yeah, the last season was bad. What about you, Courtney? Um, I was kind. I'm kind of confused. I guess maybe they've made amends, so maybe it was more so Martin got mad. Um, about um Tisha uh, dating Dwayne because they were all hugged up and kissing him. Um in some pictures that posted that got uh, circulating on the internet. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel like they should do it without Tommy. And obviously Tommy has passed on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it without Tommy. I for sure don't want to see it if Kevin Hart's raggedy ass is going to be in it. Cause I just feel Is like- that true? Cause I will not watch. No. So, okay. This is what I, so when somebody posted that I went, I've been looking, I'm still looking. I don't know where this rumor is coming from. Cause I just read it in somebody's random Facebook post, but this is, that can't happen uh, unless it mm-hmm. happens under two, uh, two reasons or two ways. First of all, if Kevin Hart is there, how is Martin then the star? That's number one. Number two, if 
only if Martin feels the thing about Martin is he's not as outlandish as he was when he was, you know, a young comic doing this show that nobody else had ever done before. So if he is feeling that he is not funny enough to carry the show and that he needs Kevin Hart, that's there's no point in doing the show. Like that's not the Martin show. You don't like Tommy was a straight man. He wasn't another funny guy. He said funny things, but he was a straight man. Martin has been a straight man before. He was a straight man in life to Eddie Murphy. I didn't like Martin in life. So you don't need to do a show. I don't I keep I'm still looking for confirmation of where somebody's saying it. Somebody said it was because they saw Kevin Hart in the background behind Cole. I don't know if it was at Morton's when they were there or I don't know where that came from. Do you guys know where that came from? Um, where the uh, Kevin Hart rumor came from? Mm-hmm. There was a photo circulating with him in it with the cast, like a, with a revamped, with a with a new advertisement with him being featured in it. Oh, sh- somebody created that shit. Mm-hmm. Like they keep creating them, uh, like they create them promo ads for a new Friday movie that ain't never coming. That's what I. You can't. I think <laughs> narrative wise, you just you can't. Kevin Hart wouldn't even, even his comedy wouldn't fit on Martin. Even at his height, I couldn't see Kevin Hart on Martin. But Martin is my favorite TV show of all time, as I've said. Um, my favorite character, Mama Payne, was our me and my sister's favorite. We used to actually, when I was in college, when we would miss each other, because, you know, we got problems saying things like, I love you and I miss you. So I would just call her and I would say, oh, I miss past the peas. And she would say, I love you too. That's like that movie, that show was like our shit. So I'm happy to see it coming back. But if Martin thinks that he can't be funny enough to do it, which, you know, you get older like Kim Wayans on In Living Color. She not the same funny Kim Wayans as she was. I wouldn't want to see nothing with her either. So if he don't think he can be, you know, that funny anymore, then don't do it. You can't get you can't get Hustle Man back. Clearly, you're not going to get Tracy Morgan. You could probably get Bruh Man. Uh, Miss Jerry done died. (laughs) So... I'm looking forward to it, but like you guys said, not with Kevin Hart. So that's my favorite TV show. Another favorite of mine, or but on a sad note. So a couple of days ago, today is Sunday. This would have been on Friday. Dennis Edwards from The Temptations passed away. Now, for those of you who don't know who Dennis Edwards is, Dennis Edwards was the replacement for David Ruffin the very first time that the Temptations actually shuffled up their lineup. Um, He is my favorite Temptation, and right now I'm going to play for you a clip as to why he is my favorite Temptation. Oh, here we go. Of a face I see. I'm hurt, not hearted, and worried, girl. 
that, ladies and gentlemen, is a sanger. That's what you call sanging. That's what you call sanging from deep down in your soul with the Black Holy Ghost on your side. But <laughs> a little bit about who Dennis Edwards was. He joined the Temptations in 68, um, replacing David Ruffin. He would actually do three stints in the group from 68 to 76, 80 to 84, and 87 to 89. But he did. He was a lead singer on actually their their most famous songs, except for My Girl, which, as I said on another show that I'm going to talk about a little later, is really the most famous because that's the one that most white people know. You know, they don't know uh, Papa was a Rolling Stone and all all that stuff. They don't know Cloud Nine. They don't know that. So he actually helped them win their first Grammy with their recording of Cloud Nine, which was also Motown's first Grammy um, as a company. He was born in Alabama. He started out with the Contours until David Ruffin stopped coming to shows. They started keeping him on retainer. So they would go out on the road and he would be in like another room and they would call him like, hey, can you come do this show? Which is a terrible abusive relationship. But that's how it was for a while until David Ruffin finally had to go um, and they put him in the group. He was the lead on songs like Cloud Nine. Um, I Can't Get Next to You, Papa Was a Rolling Stone, and Shaky Ground. Um, he did also come back for their reunion album in the 80s, produced by Rick James. And he is one of the few non-original members of any group that actually went into the Hall of Fame with his group. Because obviously you have to. He's the most famous voice. And I always say that when in a world where people want to be nice and smooth like Marvin Gaye, we owe people having voices like Casey from Jodeci or Cisco from Drew Hill, who was also singers, to the gr- gruff, rough, Holy Ghost yelling Dennis Edwards. So I had to play tribute to him. I will not age shame y'all because y'all say that I age shame y'all all the time. But do you guys know who Dennis Edwards is? And are you sad that he passed away? I guess that means no. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I'll put him in better context, which is what I generally have to do. Dennis Edwards sung the song Don't Look Any Further with Saida Garrett, which young folks know as Hit Him Up by Tupac. Now, do you know who he is? No, I know who oh. Dennis Edwards is. I've been new before you said all of that. Oh, I just, I don't know. I don't be knowing what y'all know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, you I'm trying to shade us. I don't shade y'all. I just know, you know, as an older person, mm-hmm. I be having to, to Say some stuff sometimes. Well, I'm sufficiently sad and dispirited and don't know what I'm going to do in the world without Dennis Edwards. But I will continue to listen to that song that I just played for you. I can't get next to you every day like I do. It helps me get my ass out of the bed in the morning. All right. Well, y'all. Next to you, girl. You really, you know what? You really know the song. Speaking. Come on, come on now. <laughs> you know what, though? I will say the most surprising thing I found on it about Dennis Edwards is that his daddy actually did not die on the 3rd of September. It, he did not. That is a myth that they put into the movie. And another very important thing to note that a lot of people do not know that I revealed also on this. So I was on the Say Something Nice podcast yesterday. We do, we have done a whole retrospective of the life and career of Dennis Edwards. So once you finish listening to this podcast, go back to the network page and listen to that. You'll find a lot of information about him. But also I said, if there was a Me Too movement back then, he would have actually been on the reverse end of the Me Too. And his Me Too would have been Aretha Franklin because Aretha Franklin was obsessed 
with Dennis Edwards. She would like commission the Temptations to come sing for her, so just so she could make him sing to her while she sat in a throne and all this kind of stuff. And then one thing that Brandon told me that I had no idea is that the song Daydreaming was actually about Dennis Edwards. I said that's interesting. How so, was it about him? It was just about her love for him. That's it. Mm. So when she talked about he's the kind of guy that'll make you get away, let's go some way far, she was talking about Dennis Edwards. Okay, girl. I know. You better sing that song, Arifa. All right, people. Well, that is the culmination of our podcast for today. I just want to thank y'all for celebrating my birthday with me. Um, Why do you? I thought it was. Wait, what day is your birthday on again? My birthday is next Saturday. Next Saturday. Oh, birthday? The 10th. Yes. February 10th. Let me, it's your birthday. Your birthday isn't for six weeks. No, Whoop. you're going to be three. Are you going to yes. sing happy birthday to me, Caleb, or not? Sing happy birthday. He said, sing nah. happy birthday to you. <laughs> oh, he said, no happy birthday to you. <laughs> Fine. Well, no, the reason I say that it's my birthday is because by the time the listeners listen to this, it'll be my birthday. So. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Caleb. I appreciate you. You did better than your mama. She was, they won't tell me happy birthday. <laughs> and I would like to also tell, on the subject of my birthday listeners, I would like to also say that when I first met these two folks, I almost called y'all heifers. But when I first met these two <laughs> folks, Damn. do you know that they did not believe me when I said that I was an old lady and they made me post my whole birth certificate on the internet to prove to them? Long form version. That is a, that was the long form version per the county of Alameda. Mm. See, they don't believe yeah. me. What hospital was you born at? I was born at Kaiser in Oakland. Just like everybody else in 1979. All the other black folks were born in Kaiser and Oakland, too. Boom. I was born in Elsa Bates, so I don't know about that. You wasn't born in 1979. You was born in what, 1989? When was you born? 1989. Wow. She's trying to take two years away from you. <laughs> but I, but I, how many times have I said, like, on this podcast, uh, we'll both be 31 within a day of each other? You and, and B. Willis? Mm-hmm. Yes, our birthdays are one day apart. Oh, yeah. So, oh, now, you know that's the Lord. I don't even know how we found each other, but that's that ain't nothing but the Lord. All right. Well, B. Willis, where can the people now? You know, your situation has changed. Where and if can they still find you in the interwebs? <laughs> um, I mean, you can still find me on Facebook. I'm just not on there. So it's Hey Miss Willis. On Facebook, Twitter. I am on Twitter. I have been using that more a lot lately. More a lot lately. Wow. I'm I'm tired, y'all. I just have I've been using that, but yeah. Hey Miss Willis on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. All right. And Courtney and Caleb, where can the people find you in the interwebs? So for me, you can find me <laughs> on Instagram at underscore short Courtney underscore. I'm on Twitter, but that's like, that's like I, I do all this professional housing advocacy tweets on there. Um, So I might not be as interesting on Twitter, but I'm also short Courtney on Twitter and then on Let me Facebook. follow you. I still haven't followed you yet. Who hasn't followed me? Willis? Me. Mm-hmm. Heffle? 
Mm. <laughs> Happy birthday. He didn't say heifer, did he? Oh. I was about to say, I know, Caleb. Okay, listen, listen. <laughs> let me let me jump on the first plane to Oakland. All right. So, well, you can find they me. Say, Catch me outside. Uh uh. Uh uh. Ain't no proposition for fights on this show. <laughs> she said she was going to hop on the first flight to Oakland. He said, Catch me outside. Outside playing with sticks. He 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 be riding his bike. He he know how to throw down. <laughs> Caleb got he throws punches. Uh uh-uh. uh. Just just to let y'all know, folks, because we had we did have a traumatized listener when I told them that uh, sometimes Courtney had to. I I wasn't thinking. I said sometimes Courtney got to put Caleb in the closet. And this lady looked at me. Oh, I said I didn't mean closet, ma'am. I meant the hallway. Sometimes she got to put Caleb in the hallway. I'm like, please don't have people out here thinking I am. <laughs> Throwing my baby in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can find me, folks, on the interwebs. I am on Facebook um, as either Dub Carolyn or Carolyn R. Weisinger. You can find me on Twitter as Nocturnal Pro and on Instagram as The Nocturnal Project. You can find The C-Dub Show across all social media networks as The C-Dub Show. You can also email us at thecdubshow at gmail.com. And please subscribe to us through Twitcher, not Twitcher, Stitcher. Ooh, I'm, we got to edit that. We won't. Through Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Google Play. And we are now featured on Spreaker. I don't know what Spreaker is, but we're on Spreaker now. So good job, y'all. Yeah, we on there, <laughs> we're on there now. Um, so yeah, that has been this episode of the C-Dub Show. And we will see all y'all good folks later. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. The C-Dub Show.